Hi friends, welcome back to the Tomorrow's Publishing Podcast. I am your host, Chris Marshall, and this is show number nine for the month of June 2008. Today on the show, we are pleased to announce a wonderful interview with a true comics legend, and that is Mr. Nick Carty. And, of course, Mr. Carty is responsible for, really, the birth of the Teen Titans. And besides that, he has worked on such great characters like Aquaman and Batlash. And today we've got a great conversation with him promoting his new book, Nick Carty, Behind the Art. And that is co-authored by our Modern Masters editor, Eric Nolan Weathington. And Eric and Nick will be talking a little later on about this new book coming out in the next couple weeks. But before we get to that, let's go over the new releases coming out in June. And as always, these dates are subject to change, so be sure to check with Tomorrow's website at tomorrows.com or your local comic book store. First up, coming out June 4th, we have Brick Journal 2, Volume 2, for $9. And keep in mind, everything is 15% off at the tomorrows.com website. Brick Journal, the ultimate resource for LEGO enthusiasts for all ages, returns in the second full-color print issue. Number two celebrates the summer by spotlighting blockbuster summer movies, LEGO-style, such as Batman and Indiana Jones. Scheduled to come out Wednesday, June 11th, is Alter Ego number 78, retailing for $7. This issue is a Dave Cockrum tribute issue. It features a great, rare Dave Cockrum X-Men cover, plus Cockrum tributes from contemporaries and colleagues, and an interview with Patty Cockrum on Dave's life and his legacy. Coming out June 25th, we've got Modern Masters, Volume 17, featuring Lee Weeks for $14.95. Lee Weeks is the consummate storyteller. Over the course of his 25-year-plus career, He has proven again and again his ability to create dynamic, interesting layouts, plus his strong craftsmanship and wonderful sense of lighting made his runs on Daredevil, Captain America, Spider-Man, Death and Destiny, which he also co-wrote, and his artwork for the Batman Chronicles The Gauntlet is among the most finely crafted in the character's history. And I have to agree, the Batman Gauntlet story is really cool, especially if you are big Robin fans, Dick Grayson Robin fans, I should say that's more like a Robin year one story and his first few days on the job with Batman. It's a wonderful story if you guys are into uh, kind of like the year one type stories like, uh, oh, like Jeff Loeb's and Tim Sale's Dark Victory, of course, the follow-up to Long Halloween, which is kind of a, uh, a Robin year one pers- story from their perspective. Definitely go check that one out for sure. And, you know, while you're at it, check out this Modern Masters, too. Uh, Let's move on. The last book I want to get to, and this leads right into the interview with Nick Carty, the aforementioned book, Nick Carty Behind the Art. This book is scheduled to come out Wednesday, June 25th. And the caption reads, Nick Carty has been doing fantastic artwork for more than 60 years, from comics to newspaper strips to illustration. His work on DC Comics' Teen Titans and his amazing comic covers are universally hailed as some of the best in the medium's history, but his commercial illustration work is just as highly regarded 
by those in the know. So let's get to the interview now, and after the interview, I'll be talking a little bit about what you can expect from tomorrow's in July, so stay tuned. Well, basically, we're here to talk about the new book that, Eric, you have done here with Nick. Uh, yeah. The Nick Cardi Behind the Art. And, Nick, I want to start out with you. Just, I'm always fascinated on how uh, you got started in the comic book industry as a young man and how you have stayed in it all these years. Well, uh, I tell you what, uh, when I was a kid, I started drawing and sculpting when I was about 10 years old. I used to get doll rods from old broken brooms, and I'd sculpt their little figures in them, or I'd do little drawings. And then when I went to school, uh, in junior high school, the teachers, uh, they had me and another fellow do an 8 by 10 mural. I did the sports section, and he did the uh, oh some other characters, you know, studying. And uh, but then the teacher, she liked my work. She gave me a book on the early art masters. You know, all, all of them re- uh, going up to the time the book was published, and it had Michelangelo, Da Vinci, Rembrandt, and all these others going on, and that was my first introduction to them you see, and uh, uh, so then uh, she said, uh, instead of playing out in the street, why don't you go to the boys club, and there they have a little art class there, because all this was during the Depression, Uh, our family didn't have any money to go to school, we just barely had money to put food on the table, you know, and uh, so... uh, uh, so then I started with the books, and then I went to the public library, and uh, spent a lot of time in the public library, and then I went to, uh, uh, let's see, I used to walk from 3rd Street in New York City, clear up to 80, 83rd Street or 85th Street for the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and I'd stay in there all day walking around looking at the paintings, taking down notes and stuff like that. So all my life it's been that way. And then I went to School of Industrial Arts, which was the old buildings near Ninth Avenue, not the newer ones. Mm-hmm. And there was, uh, uh, what was it, Gil Kane was there. Quite a few of the guys were there in that school. Then later on they went to the school, transferred to nicer buildings on, on 57th or 75th Street, I don't know, somewhere around there. See? And uh, But my idols have always been the painters. And then, uh, uh, and then I transferred my uh, uh, my uh, visual idea into illustrators, and it started with the illustrators that, in those days, in the 40s, 50s, or even before the 40s, all the magazines had illustrations in them. Young people don't even know they had illustration. They everything's photographs now, and the illustrators went the went out the window mm-hmm. and but they influenced me and so uh, I picked up little parts and then uh, uh, the first job I got out of school because when I went to the boys club I got a lot of uh, first awards for sculpturing and then for for other other drawing things life class and stuff like that and I got medals and all <laughs> but 
uh, then when it came, when I graduated, I didn't, they wanted me to, to do sculpturing. It wasn't, it wasn't my cup of tea, so I went apprenticing in an advertising agency, like a cleanup. And, and then from there, I went to Bill Eisner. And I spoke with Bill Eisner, and uh, he, and there was Lou Fine, George Tusker, and, and Bob Powell, quite a few fellows in there. But they put me in with uh, 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 Eisner's partner, Iger. They, he had a bullpen. And I worked with Iger for a while. And then uh, when the war came along, uh, Eisner was doing a strip called The Spirit, and it had... It was a Sunday supplement thing, and uh, where it was a little comic book that had three stories: the Spirit, uh, Lady Luck, and Mister Mystic. Bob Powell did Mister Mystic. I did Lady Luck, and uh, but we were in Tudor City in an apartment. I was in the living room with Bob Powell and the others, and Eisner had his his own room. You know, and if you had to go to the bathroom, you had to go through his room. <laughs> had to go to the bathroom. But and I stayed there for a while until uh, I stayed with Iger. Then when the guy that was doing Lady Luck got drafted, he picked me out to do Lady Luck. See, and uh, and then from there was a stepping stone. I went to the uh, fiction house, and I. All the time I was doing this, a lot of artists at the time were copying Kniff or Alex Raymond or uh, uh, Hal Foster. Uh, but I had my influence with the illustrators, you know, at the time. And I was trying to do that because I felt that they were better artists, you see. And so uh, I wound up doing that, and then I went into the service. When I went to the service, I stayed there, did some combat sketches, and when I came back, I wanted to do a portfolio on uh, uh, illustration. I wanted to get into illustration instead of comics. But while I was doing my portfolio, I did uh, some daily strips for, uh, for uh, I, did, uh, I did Tarzan for almost a year. Tarzan Daily Strip, and then I did uh, another one that was a Western. I forgot the name of it. Uh, what Ruggles? And then I also helped Al Plastino. He was doing Ferdinand, and and he was also doing Batman. So I penciled some of his Batman uh, strips for a while, and uh, I don't think I ever got my name on it. But anyway. Uh, that there, and then I, I did some samples in between jobs. And by the time I had a set of samples out, they had somebody that was doing the same thing that I was doing. And so I figured if I went to an agency and asked him to represent me and say, oh, we see you copied this guy, even though you started it <laughs> a year earlier, you know. Well, anyway, uh, then after that, uh, it was more or less uh, studying, and then I I got wound, I wound up with uh, uh, after the service I did work freelance for a Fiction House, and uh, then later on I went to uh, DC, and I started out with Gangbusters and 
and I worked my way up in House of Mystery, romance covers, and and that sort of thing. And and then it started with uh, what was it, Congo Bill, uh, Tomahawk, Tomahawk. Mm-hmm. and then from Tomahawk it went to. Uh, uh, I think from Tomahawk I went to Daniel Boone, and from Daniel Boone I went to uh, Aquaman. I yeah, did Aqu- yeah, I what? think your mo- I, I think my generation knows you best on Aquaman and Teen Titans. That's yes, well that yeah there. that's because uh, Aquaman I did it for about uh, oh my about fifty issues, and then uh, then they transferred. Uh, I went to Teen Titans, and with Teen Titans I worked on that for a while until I started doing Batlash. So. Uh, at that time, I always used to pencil and ink my own work. Hmm. And uh, so uh, when uh, uh, it came to Batlash, someone else penciled the Teen Titans. But when I inked it, I inked it like if I if they drew a girl, I would just go over the faces and make the girls like the way I would do them. Hmm. And, and uh, some of the pencils were Tusca. Neil Adams, Gil Kane, Infantino, they worked on some of those pages, you know, and a few of the others. And then I got into Batlash. After Batlash died, it was a big seller in Europe, uh, but it didn't go. We had, we had gone, our, our, uh, our custom was Westerns were fading away. Mm-hmm. So it didn't go too well. It's the last Western that went. Well, was the one with James Garner where he played, uh, what was that? Oh, Maverick? Maverick, mm-hmm. yeah. And they say it was in that, but this Batlash character was more or less a uh, an opportunist. He would steal from crooks, and he had a soft heart. He was a gourmet, and he was a ladies' man. And uh, uh, did you see uh, any copies of the new Batlash that they put out? I was going to ask you if, if you've been uh, reading that, yeah. Well, they I'm right now in the middle of doing their cover for their sales. Oh, excellent. Uh, uh, yeah, because the ones that I saw, uh, that the editor that wants me to do, uh, 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 let's uh, put it this way, it's different than mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, and I'll let it go at that. It's done by a good artist. But it, it has, uh, in, in the books that I read, he's done five of them. They showed me black and whites and one or two colors that they uh, of of the ones the first issue, and uh, uh, in this issue, uh, he gets beat up an awful lot. They try to hang him twice, <laughs> and. Uh, well, with mine, the first time you tried that with Batlash, forget about it. <laughs> They're not going to do it, you know. And uh, so after Batlash went, I wound up doing almost 500 covers for DC. I, uh, I, it's close. To, it's around there because uh, 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 I did covers from the House of Mystery, uh, uh, anyone that you could think. I did romance covers. And uh, then when Batlash was gone, and the covers, uh, the covers were first, they were one big picture. And then they put the covers where they had four different pictures on the cover to show different chapters of what was happening. 
And then it got a little too tedious for me. And so I did some covers for uh, for Marvel, mainly to see how when I did a watercolor or a wash drawing or whatever the medium I used, how it reproduced. So I used Marvel for stepping stone to see how my color reproduced. And this way I would improve it if this worked, that, you know. And when that was done, then I went into advertising. And uh, there they paid well. Mm-hmm. And and so I, uh, in other words, if at that time I was getting $40, $45 a page for pencil and ink, uh, I would go there and do a poster of, uh, uh, of, uh, a grease or something, a pencil layouts, and they were almost the size of the poster, almost half the size. And I would do two or three sketches like that. I get a couple of thousand dollars just in doing a charcoal sketch. So I figured I was hoping to get more, you know, more jobs like that because there were. I felt I've been living in a hole. This is <laughs> you're breathing here. And then I did I did uh, quite a few movie posters. Mm-hmm. And some posters, I uh, what they they do sometimes if they take a poster that they would like, uh, they uh, 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 they would have say if you're doing humor, you would take maybe two artists or three artists whose work you like. The art directors would do, and they would give them two different type roughs, and you make a a comp, a finished uh, like painting. And if the producer likes either one, they will pay you twice of what they did. In other words, they would pay, for example, $5,000 for the comp for me and the other guy. And then if mine was accepted, I would get an additional $5,000. And that, that isn't bad, you know, no, when you stop it. And uh, so I, I did that uh, for a while, and then... Uh, uh, and then I got into advertising, and then by that time I uh, I cooled off, and then I I had a couple of books of books published, and uh, and so but I'm still drawing, you know, and I uh, I uh, freelance. I'm more selective in the stuff, and I appreciate what they're doing here, because I had a lot of paintings that I had not a lot I have. Paintings that weren't comic book oriented. People were interested. In other words, I did a cover for, uh, say, uh, Superman, I mean, uh, Aquaman, where the sea dies. Mm -hmm. At the time I did it, I must have gotten about $60 or $65. And it went on sale about 2001. It went for $19,000. I didn't get it. When you compare, I had a painting that I put a lot of time in, Western paintings, that it put a lot more work. It's more artistic, more artistically designed, but I couldn't get halfway near the price that you, when you're competing with collectors, you're, you're competing with fanatics that love what they're doing, whether it's dishes, uh, or whatever they collect, you know, and... Uh, so they have tunnel vision on what they like. And uh, so, but I do have, which they're doing now, they're printing some of my posters and some of the work that hasn't been published in with the comics. So it's a much more uh, a filling 
thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to bring Eric into the conversation right now. And, and Eric, talk about how you collaborated with Nick on this book and kind of what can we expect from this new uh, hardcover coming out in June. I, I first met Nick back in 2000 uh, at my first convention uh, as a representative of Tomorrow's. I was at Heroes Con, and he was selling the uh, Art of Nick Cardi book, which had just come out not too long before that. And I got a copy of it signed from him. And uh, I didn't know anybody in the business at that point, so I, you know, I was, I'd always admired his work and uh, was happy to meet him. And uh, over the years, I would see him at every show, and I'd make sure I'd, before the show opened, I'd always go by, and me and my wife and I would always go by and say hi to Nick and talk for him a few minutes. And so we became friends, kind of, and. Uh, and uh, as we saw each other more and more, we got more friendly. And, and uh, I was talking to him, I guess it was a couple of years ago. It was the first time he mentioned that uh, he had these paintings that he liked to get published somehow. And he was, you know, I was trying to come up with some way to where we could work something out where we could uh, find a way to publish them, even one of the magazines or something. And then talking to him about a little over a year ago, he mentioned all this preliminary work he had. And so I started asking him more questions about it and realized that we had enough stuff there to, to do a whole book about his uh, career and make it more of an angle, you know, unlike the art of Nick Carter, which is more of a biography, we could do it from a different angle and have it more be more um, instructive about his process, um, where we showcase all this art from you know throughout his years and uh, different different types of art. You know, he's got watercolors, he's got oil paintings, he's got uh, the comics work, of course, and um, the illustration line artwork and what uh, what um, so. We've got a wide variety of, of work we can display, and, and it'll be all completely different from the art of Nick Hardy. Then we decided to, to, to uh, ask John Morrow, the publisher, about uh, the possibility of, of doing the book, and he was all for it. So we uh, kind of figured out how we, how we wanted to do it, how many pages, and we decided we would do a full-color hardcover. So the book is basically, it starts off where Nick comes back to the war, and um, as he's doing his portfolio, we've got to figure out what he wants to do. He did a lot of portraits. Uh, his family and friends, and so we've got a lot of those in there. So that's, we've got uh, a lot of that stuff hasn't been shown before, uh, and we've got some illustration work from those early years and from later on. And of course, we've got you know, a lot of comic work, and then of course the, uh, we've got his movie posters, which is kind of where he went after uh, after comics. Uh, and then we finish it up with his, with his uh, western painting. I want to thank Mr. Nick Carty and Eric Nolan Weathington for joining me here on the show today. I really can't wait for this book. If you are a fan of the Silver Age or a fan of just the the best of comics illustration, be sure to pick up this book. I know you guys won't be disappointed. It's a wonderful history book. It's a wonderful art book. And it's something that if you are a fan of the comics medium, you should really, really own. It's uh, you know, This is what we strive for here at Tomorrow's, doing history doing art and presenting it in another format you will not find from any other publisher out there. You can see it in our Modern Master series, you can see it in our companion books, and you can see it in our books like Alter Ego and Draw and Write. And this book just continues the legacy of the fine publications that are being published here at Tomorrow's. That said, what is coming up in July? Well, we have Alter Ego number 79, which is going to focus on Superman. 
Back issue number 29, which is going to focus on the X-Men and Dave Cockrum. And while I'm at it, you can get a free preview of this book, back issue number 29. But if you want to know right now, this preview is being hosted by Westfield Comics at westfieldcomics.com. You can just do a search for back issue number 29. It'll come up. Or like I said, it'll be in the show notes over at tomorrow's TuneIn podcast blog. Also coming up in July, Rough Stuff number 9, Jack Kirby Collector number 51, Draw number 16, Right Now number 19, The Lou Schmeyer Biography, Modern Masters number 18, which will feature John Romita Jr., and lastly in July, The Flash Companion, which of course is what we talked about last month with Keith Dallas. And here's something a little interesting. Keith is going to be coming on the podcast in July. Actually, we're going to have a couple podcasts in July gearing up for the Comic-Con International in San Diego, just to let you know. But Keith wants to come back on the show when this book gets released because of all the events going on with Final Crisis and the return, quote-unquote, of Barry Allen. And Keith didn't really get to discuss that last time in May, so he wants to come on and do a quick little recap of what he can say about Barry Allen, what he knew about Barry Allen. It's going to be kind of fun. So if you like to uh, learn a little more about The Flash, and it'll be a perfect timing with The Flash Companion coming out with Final Crisis going on and everything. So looking forward to having Keith Dallas back on the show, at least for a little bit. And like I said, we're going to be doing more than one podcast. Uh, we're going to have a little quick interviews from a lot of people uh, in July. So look for that. We're probably going to do a regular show come July 1st or July 2nd around there, you know, with the holiday weekend. It'll come out the first week of July for sure. Just uh, check the blog and check your RSS reader or, or check iTunes. It, it'll be out there for sure. But also later on in the month when Comic-Con International comes out, we'll be doing another podcast gearing up for that and maybe a recap at the end of July too after the show. Maybe I can get John Morrow on to talk a little bit about that. Uh, just real quick, in September, Eric wanted me to let you know that Modern Masters number 19 will feature Mike Plug. So looking forward to that. No Modern Masters in August. We're going to go from July with John Romita Jr. and then September with Mike Plug. To learn a little bit more about me, come by my website at collectedcomicslibrary.com. There I host my podcast on collected editions, trade paperbacks, uh, hardcovers, softcovers, graphic novels, you name it, it's all there in collected edition form. If you are a fan of that sort of comic book, I encourage you to come on by and check out my podcast. Also, uh, in June, if you're going to be in Chicago, Wizard World Chicago, I will be on the comics podcasting panel in Wizard World Chicago. No exact date, no exact time yet for that, but of course I'll post it on my blog over at collectedcomicslibrary.com. So look for that if you are so inclined. With that all said, I will see you a month from now. Again, my name is Chris Marshall. You can leave me questions or comments at collectedcomicslibrary at gmail.com. Of course, come by the tomorrows.com website and subscribe to John Morrow's blog and also the podcast. And, of course, you can always leave us an iTunes review. Really appreciate it. I've only had a couple, so come on by and leave me an iTunes review. Links are on the blog page. So until next month, everybody, we'll talk to you later, and be sure to go pick up that Nick Hardy book. You'll get a kick out of it. See you later.